When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers War Room. I'm your host to this week, the show, Matt Peverell, the host that, of the show that looks to put you in the minds of Kevin Colbert, Mike Tomlin, Omar Khan, the rest of the Steelers front office as they look to put together a winning roster, you know, to help the Steelers get that seventh Lombardi, that illustrious seventh Lombardi that's now, you know, seems so distant at times, so close at times, but we just, we're still on that journey. We're still on that stairway to seven. The Steelers preseason rolls on. We've got our final game coming up this Friday night against the Carolina Panthers away in Carolina. Uh, Friday night, for those of you in the US, it'll be Saturday for Marky D and I down under, uh, where we'll be able to watch the game on, on Saturday, you know, which is a fun one for us because usually it's, you know, it's a very early wake up on a Monday or a Tuesday. Sometimes it's a Friday lunchtime. There are any issues that are associated with those, you know, for us in terms of work and just the hour that they're, they're live. So Saturday's going to be really welcome because Saturdays is when I'm used to kind of watching sport. Uh, so, you know, that, that'll be quite fun there. But look, the Steelers in the last sort of 48 hours have made another round of cuts. So they've cut Avante Collins, offensive lineman, Tyler Simmons, wide receiver, Pete Guerrero, the running back, Calvin Bundage, the linebacker, and waived Brooks Jr., who's injured. It'll be interesting to see whether he passed waivers or not. And if he's injured, you know, they're not going to be able to bring him back. I think there's rules around that from three to six weeks after he become then becomes available because he's not part of the 53. He doesn't go on to IR and what have you. So it's a bit of a, a bit of a complex one with Brooks Jr. there. Tyler Simmons and Pete Guerrero are two people I think you might see 
on the Steelers practice squad, particularly more so Pete Guerrero, given you know he was going, he went undrafted. Uh, so that that could be an interesting one for the Pittsburgh Steelers as well. There, needless to say, we've, there's a lot more cuts to come. So I'd be very interested to see what that looks like. In fact, that's what we're going to talk about for a lot on today's show. I'm actually going to go through where my current predictions are on the 53-man roster and some of the things to look out for ahead of in this uh, you know, final preseason game. Now, usually I let a lot of the other shows talk about previewing and you know, Mark and I on Steelers Touchdown Under. You know, we do a bit of previewing. We do a bit of looking back and reviewing as well. We review, we preview, if, if, if you like. I know there's this Steelers preview. By the time you're, you know, you're listening to this, uh, you know, you'll be getting ready uh, for the Steelers preview, which goes live on a Thursday evening in the, in the States. And so, you know, they'll really look for different things about what specific players are doing. But the way I'm going to preview it is look at some of the key matchups within the Steelers roster that are going to occur this weekend because, there are guys fighting for their NFL careers. There are guys fighting for their spot on the Steelers roster, if not their NFL careers. And largely, some of that's going to come out in terms of what happens in this game. So really keen to run through that 53. I've also sat back, you know, throughout the last sort of five-ish weeks where different uh, BTSC contributors and editors have talked about their 53-man predictions, I sort of stayed away from it. Uh, but I am keen to kind of get ahead of a few things that are sort of coming through, you know, and we'll know what those cuts look like pretty soon. You're probably expecting, you know, that why am I not doing a TJ Watt discussion? I think he will sign before, during, or after uh, the Carolina Panthers game. As I said, you know, in my last sort of two podcasts when we've covered this, you know, for me, it's about the guaranteed number. I think Shannon White from BTSC as well, who you can check his articles out at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, as you can with all things BTSC. Your and BehindTheSteelCurtain.com is your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, he's he's talked about the guaranteed number is going to be big as well. I saw that on Twitter. You know, I, th- I think TJ is going to go above Joey Bosa as well. You'd have to think so in terms of where he's sitting in the league. He may even become the highest paid defender, you know, and that, and I think he, he warrants that 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 payment there. So we'll see that, you know, this week. I think uh, the Steelers want to wrap this up. They won't want to go into week one with this not sorted. And I think on the curtain call, oh, it's not currently call anymore. We're in season, it's know your enemy. We're in the preseason, almost in season. You know, Jeffrey Bendix said the same thing. Like, why? He said basically, why not if you're TJ Watt? You know, this is the one time you can get out of playing preseason, you know, because you're signing a contract. You're not going to get away with that for the rest of your contract, potentially. So, you know, now more than ever, why not sign it after or during so you don't actually have to play the game? And I agree. Also, I think it's a great opportunity for Melvin Ingram, you know, and Alex Highsmith to continue building. That's even if one of those guys plays. I actually could see them playing Highsmith over Ingram. Uh, Ingram's the vet. They've kind of seen what he can do. You know, let Jimmy Jones and Roche battle it out. But I'll talk about that when we go through the 53 that I'm predicting to make, make the team. So, you know, I, I think we've got the depth there. That's just one position. Same thing when it comes to tight end. You know, they're probably wrapping Freemuth up in cotton wool, given his shoulder. Uh, it's probably going to come down to, you know, a, a Raider, you know, a Zach Gentry and a, and a Trey Edmonds potentially playing in sort of more of an H-back role. We'll, we'll see what happens there. But look, before I crack into that 53, as you know, on War Room, I love to look at the draft, you know, and it's been a few weeks since we looked at some of those, the, the, the draft. And, you know, we, we reviewed the draft picks after they were made and and what have you for a few weeks but i want to look forward to 2022 and you know it's going to be incredibly early to do a few things and you're going to hear so much as the college season starts about 
the big schools, the LSUs, the Alabamas, the Clemsons, the Ohio States, the Notre Dame, or I mean, we call it here Notre Dame, but, but you know, Notre Dame, uh, you know, Texas Longhorns, the mighty Texas Longhorns, my team, you know, Michigan, Michigan State, you know, I could sit here rattling off, you know, college names till the cows come home, you know, but the, the reality is, is that there's a lot of guys from small schools that do really well. So I actually want to look at a small school player that who knows, and he might actually be on the Steelers radar, particularly, particularly given the camp battles that we've got going on at this particular position. And that player is Cordell Volson. Now Cordell Volson actually played for the North Dakota State University Bisons. Uh, so that's the same as Dylan Radnutz and also uh, Trey Lance. <laughs> Mental blanket picturing Trey Lance's face and, you know, his name's escaping me. You know, and he's also the brother of former uh, Bison, Tanner Volson, who played for the New York Giants. Um, they're big boys. These guys are big boys with a mean streak. Uh, Cordell Volson has, according to Draft Diamonds, has quick feet and can redirect traffic easily. He has had to face stellar edge rushes in Ellison Smith and Romeo McKnight. He's tough as nails and plays through the whistle, and that's what NFL teams love. That's what the Pittsburgh Steelers love too. He was a five-year starter in high school and a two-time captain, so he's got that leadership quality, which we know the Steelers you know, really focused on that in their draft class this year. Um, he's a beast, and he was athletic as well. He was actually in high school, the team's punter and kicker. So he's fairly athletic. He lined up a tight end, offensive and defensive line, and even played a little bit of linebacker and fullback. Man, this guy can do everything. He's massive. Uh, he's a jack of all trades, so to speak. And he, you know, in his career for Drake High School in North Dakota. So he's a local to North Dakota as well. Uh, his ability to dominate in high school is what led him to North Dakota State. The, he's got a general agricultural major that he's studying. He redshirted his first year uh, as well. In his second full season, he ended up appearing in nine games. In 2018, as a red, redshirt sophomore, he was still a backup lineman for the Bison, but played in all 15 games in special teams. Last season, he dominated, you know, that being season 2020. He was the first team All-Missouri Valley Conference player. He started all 16 games at riot tackle and had a team-high 100 knockdown blocks and averaged 8.3 knockdowns per game. In 724 snaps, he allowed half a sack. This is sort of numbers of like Kendrick Green that we saw as well, where he, you know, gave up very few blocks and only, you know, I think he allowed like one sack. Bolson is heading into his redshirt senior year. And, you know, they expect him to continue his dominance. They're going to be, you know, NFL teams are going to be looking for, a, you know, a quarterback protector like that he is, you know, and if he can put on a clinic like he did last year, the NFL teams are going to fall in love. But on Pittsburgh Steelers, we need a tackle. We need a tackle. We'll get to the 53-man squad from my perspective, but we need we need guys that tackle. We need guys that are going to sit there and protect. I think Big Ben will be back next year. Be prepared for it. We want to protect Big Ben. We want to keep Big Ben upright. We've got Najee Harris as well. You know, we need a tackle that can do a bit of both. Uh, you know, and I know, and again, we'll get, but we'll get to the fourth round draft pick that they they picked this year that's going to be helped there. But Banner and Chooks, do you really sit there and think Banner and Chooks are going to be there for in three years' time, in five years' time, even three years' time? I don't. So therefore, I think we need to get younger. And even still, we need the depth, even if those old guys, you know, can hand the baton over. You know, he's six foot six. He's an all-conference and all-American, you know, as well. He's an absolutely solid prospect. He's 312 pounds, you know, and he's one of the best-grade defensive linemen in the – sorry, offensive linemen in the college game right now. However, he is small school, and this is where why he might be a top-10 prospect at his position. He might well be available when the Steelers are coming to pick. 
might well be available. If I look at what 247 Sports had to say say about him as well, you know, they basically sort of shared that, you know, he's going to be one of the top draft, draft, picks, draft picks from the, you know, FCS. You know, he's going to take over the left tackle position they, they think from Dylan Radnutz, uh, who, you know, went fairly early in, in this year's 2021 draft. You know, he played 974 snaps at right tackle in 2019, but they want to use his versatility. He's a tremendous pass blocker. You know, as we in 2019, he allowed zero sacks. So 2020, half a sack. 2019, you know, he allows uh, no sacks. You know, they have him listed at 6'7", uh, so an inch higher, whether that is going to make a big, you know, a massive difference when you're already 6'6". It's up to the, you know, up to individual preferences. Uh, but he's, you know, had multiple preseason All-America teams in 2020 and the year before, uh, you know, and, he, and he's won a bunch of awards from their perspective. The Draft Network, who I listen to a lot, uh, or read a lot of their articles, their profile for him, expecting him to come out in the 2021 draft. Uh, he fits his own blocking scheme. He's the third tackle with the upside to develop into a starter. He demonstrates awesome athleticism while in his pass set and typically typically plays with good run control. He's a nasty and mean finisher. That's what Clem likes. You can tell that with the Steelers. He plays hard from snap to whistle and seemingly wants to end the rep with a knockdown. At this stage, his run blocking is ahead of the pass set. That's good if he could be a Steelers right tackle. Uh, you know, and in the passing game, he plays with good latch strength in his hands. He doesn't have the best lateral movement, which will keep him as a right tackle from their perspective, but he could develop into an NFL starter with once he gets some pro coaching and, you know, in terms of blocking. That's Cordell Volson. Watch out for Cordell Volson. You should see who they go with quarterback, um, you know, for North Dakota State because we know Trey Lance, we know Carson Wentz, we know they've been really successful in that quarterback position. They've kind of become a little bit of a quarterback I want to say factory, uh, but but green shoot, if you like, in the college game for NFL teams to pluck from. So Cordell Volson will be an interesting one to see how he can play this year. Hopefully it doesn't suffer injury or what have you, because he's someone that I'd love to see on the Steelers' radar. Um, you know, he's someone that he might be small school, but big potential. I also want to bring up, uh, I, I was listening to, back to the hang, not the hangover. I was listening back to a bad's, uh, 2 a.m. podcast. You know, I think it's one of the last ones because we're going into the season. And I thought it was interesting. Someone brought up Kyle Hamilton at safety, given that Terrell Edmonds was yet to, like, you know, the Steelers hadn't picked up his fifth year option. Kyle Hamilton is a fantastic player. He plays for Notre Dame. He's a potential top 15 pick. The Steelers realistically are not going to be there in that top 15, or we don't want them to be in that top 15. We also could still sign Edmonds on a much more team-friendly deal. There's also, and and Bad said this, and I completely agree, and and he would know that I genuinely do believe this. It's not a copy because of what we talked about before this year's draft with some of the other safeties that were coming out. You don't need to spend a first-round draft pick on a safety. Look at Terrell Edmonds, right? Now you, whether you hate Terrell Edmonds or you love Terrell Edmonds, Terrell Edmonds is actually almost equal the average uh, OTC valuation mark of a first-round draft pick safety. Yet people still think he's terrible, terrible as a first-round pick. People, you know, if it was second-round pick, people might feel 50-50. Third-round pick, people think he's lights out. Do you really want to go down the, the route of picking a Kyle Hamilton? particularly when you've already got a Minka Fitzpatrick? No, because you're likely to be signing Minka to a six, seven-year deal 
you know, or worse, or let's let's call it five or six, you know, maybe not seven. If you're gonna do that, Kyle Hamilton's not gonna you're not gonna pay two safeties when you've got TJ Watt there that you're paying and Devin Bush, and then you're gonna have to play Claypool, and then you know, there's a few other guys in the mix as well. You're gonna have Dotson coming through by that stage, you, you know, High Smith as well. Like it doesn't make sense to bring in someone in that position in the first round. And I actually just purely don't think he's gonna be there available. And I think he's gonna move into a top eight. Uh, standing point, given where we saw cornerbacks drafted, you know, in this year's draft. But look, with that, that wraps up part one of Steel's Warring for this week. Join me for part two. We're going to go through that 53 and what that actually means, you know, my predicted 53 and what matchups that actually means to, to watch out for in this week's game against the Carolina Panthers. I look forward to joining you for part two. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We're back on Steel's War Room. I'm your host of this weekly show, Matt Peverell, the host that puts you in the minds or tries to put you in the minds of Kevin Colbert, Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, the Steel's front office. So we talked a little bit about some of the cuts that the Steelers had made. I made I alluded to some of the battles that were going to be that were going to be happening for roster spots this week. And we also talked about in part one, you know, Cordell Volson, you know, and you've got to think. You know, just have them in the back of your mind, maybe, as we as we talk through what this fifty three look like. Uh, and, and I just want to remind everyone, you know, in case you missed in that first part, I did think that Pete Guerrero and Tyler Simmons could be guys that actually make the practice squad. Now, let's look at the Steelers fifty three. Now, I'm not saying I'm Nostradamus. I'm not saying that I'm going to get it right. I'm probably there's going to be mistakes here. You know, people are going to have issue with these things. But I'm going with based on how I see things right now. I'm and with a, with a bit of realism and a bit of guys that I do have a preference for. This is the 53 I'm looking at at the quarterback position. No surprises here. Big Ben, Mason Rudolph, Haskins. Whether it's Haskins or it's Rudolph at number two, I don't really care. At the end of the day, there's going to be three spots on the 53 given to those guys. They're a lock unless they run two plays, but they're not going to give Haskins out without a fight. Like, you know, there's no point. He's going to be capital for them if he's he's someone they're not genuinely interested in. The next locks are Harvin and Boswell and Kennedy. Now, as much as I hate to say that with Kennedy, because I think he could have Kuntz. And I also like, (laughs) you know, for the Madden players out there, you're like, we don't need a long snapper, which is actually a fault of the game. It's not a fault of the NFL. So I think you've got those six positions of quarterback, and special teams, let's lock them in. All right, let's continue through the offense. Sorry, take the running back position. Well, Najee Harris is obviously number one. Then I think it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Snell, right? And I think Snell could replace Balage in, in this sense. They're not going to move McFarlane. He was a fourth-round draft pick, experience with Matt Canada. He's going to be their change of pace. But right now on my roster, and I said you could swap him out for Snell, 
uh, at the moment, but I've got three running backs on the roster and that'll make sense in it as to why shortly, right? So I've got Harris, Balazs, and McFarland. I then have TJ, uh, sorry, Derek Watt at fullback, obviously. Then Framuth, Ebron, and then I think there's a battle there between Gentry and Edmonds. I know Gentry's done really, really well. Then when I look at the rest of this squad, I want, I, I'm not sure we're going to have the position there potentially for a third tight end and to keep Edmonds. Edmonds also gives you the, sort of that fourth running back, gives you that H-back role, the tight end. And to other teams, he's a great blocker for us, and I really want him to make the, the 53. But are other teams going to be fighting for Zach Gentry? I just don't think so. I wonder if he's someone you can actually get away with stashing on the practice squad in the first instance. It's just a thought. It's just a thought. A wide receiver, obviously, we've got Juju, Deontay Johnson, Claypool, James Washington, assuming he's not traded, and I don't think he will be. But then I think there's a battle. I do think there's a battle between Matthew Sexton and Ray Ray McLeod. And we'll, and we'll get onto that in a, when I preview about these battles. But I think Ray Ray's the front runner. They've spent the money on him. They know what they're getting in him. But I really think Sexton's putting up a fight. And for me, I'm interested to see what that looks like because Ray Ray, yes, he did like a big sweep around. And yes, you know, he has a familiarity with the Steelers offense from last year. But in the end, like he's a player on, on I think it's a million dollar contract. You know, you can get rid of that easily. And also what's the development path for Ray Ray? Uh, and Matthew Sexton had that terrific return last week. You don't make a squad off one return, but it helps. Offensive line. So I've got Chooks Sakura for, although I think he's in more danger than, I'm not that I say he's going to be cut and not miss the 53, but I think he's in more danger than what people realize. Dan Moore Jr. Jr. for sure. He's putting pressure in a number of different positions. I think you then have, obviously you've got Kevin Dotson, Kendrick Green, Trey Turner, and Zach Banner. They're all there. Joe Haig's contract makes him hard to move, and I think they'll keep him and they'll use him in that swing tackle role as well. Now here's where it gets big. I actually think, for me, you keep Coward and Finney. You keep Coward and Finney. But there is a fight between Coward and JC Hassenhauer that could could that needs to look. Well, I think you'll see that eventuate this week. The fight for a spot. But in my mind, you can keep Okafor, Danmore Jr. as your left tackles in terms of depth, right? And obviously Danmore can play on the right side, so can technically Chooks, but we know that the Steelers don't like him there. You've got Dotson at left guard. You've got Trey Turner at right guard. You've got a center in Kendrick Green. Coward and Finney offer you options in the interior uh, there with Finney being the backup center. And then you've got Banner and Joe Haig at right tackle. So that's how I'm seeing it. That's how I'm seeing nine guys, you know, in terms of that offensive line. Now, if you cut that down to eight, and I could see that, then you start to afford three tight ends in a fourth running back. Then all, all you could have a six wide receiver, but I doubt they would with the receiving tight ends they've got in Ebron and Freemuth. So this is the thing. Do they keep do they keep nine offensive linemen or do they keep eight? Eight. And that's going to be different things because you can move people up from the practice squad. So could could you put a guy like BJ Finney, who no one wanted, onto the practice squad? Or could you put a guy like Coward on there onto the practice squad and then you elevate them for the game? That's where it could get interesting. But right now I'm going with the nine linemen because I know that they're probably they, they tend they could lean more toward that. On the defensive side of the football. I look at the defensive line and I have gone the seven players here. And I know this, this was discussed in the brief five minutes or so that I caught of uh, know your enemy earlier today, my time, obviously I record on, on a Thursday and then it comes to you live on a Thursday. Cause we're 14 hours or something in the, in the future. Uh, 
but a defensive line, and I bucketed that because of you know we know Cameron Hayward's a defensive tackle, but other people would list him at defensive end. You know, I'm not going to get into the complexities of that uh, in just a couple of minutes, but. We've got obviously Haywood to it, Alualu, they're locks. Then I think you've obviously got Louder Milk. He's a lock at the fourth pick. Jeffrey Bendig, I'm not going to argue with Jeffrey Bendig on this one. Henry Mondo does look, you know, does look like he's going to take a spot here around with the special teams. I would be interested in seeing them cut Wormley, but I, I, I just don't think realistically they're going to do that. Um, it'd be funny for that Yinza show that, 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 that's out there that has him on a weekly podcast if it did. But anyway, we won't go there. So right now, I think, I think as things stand currently, as I say, Hayward, Tuitt, uh, Tyson Alawalu, Henry Mondo, Wormley, Carlos Davis Jr., I think he stays on there. I think he's showing enough. And obviously Isaiah Loudermilk. So that's just seven. Uh, bye-bye Bugs is basically the answer there. I, uh, if Henry Mondo, I, I'm not sure that he's eligible um, for the, I think he's edu- eligible for the players with a certain amount of accrued season on the practice squad. I'd kind of flick him there, just to be frank. Or I'd trade Wormley if someone was interested. But I think his contract is a little bit prohibitive to that. Not that it's crazy numbers, but I think you just, with the money that you've guaranteed him over the next couple of years, all the void years he's on, I can't remember which one it is, um, you know, whether you want to do that, I don't know whether the steel is going to go down that route. And I think they like what they get in Wormley because I think he's a known commodity and they know that he's he's good depth piece. Okay, outside linebacker. On the left side, I've got TJ Watt. I've got Jimmy Jones in there currently. Currently. Quincy Roche. On the right side, I've got Highsmith and Ingram. Now, obviously, there's a couple of guys there that could be versatile. And then at the middle linebacker position or inside linebacker, I have Devin Bush, Joe Schobert, Robert Spillane, and Buddy Johnson. I've left out Marcus Allen. I'm not a fan of Marcus Allen. I know he's showing up. I know he's showing up, as Jeffrey Benedict's pointed out. I know he started to play in the hug defense, but I think Schobert showed on the weekend he's starting. He had a mistake there on the hug defense, and I think he'll show up for that. I also wonder whether Spillane can do a bit more. Marcus Allen has also had years to prove he's an NFL player on this on this team, and I don't think he's showing it. I also think he's a player, as Dave Schofield pointed out in the Scobro show, in the brief moment, so that I caught of that, that Marcus Allen, you could put him on the practice squad if you really needed him, and then you could move him, move him around after that. Do most teams want Marcus Allen? I honestly don't think they do. I really don't think they do. A safety converted middle linebacker that plays in the Steelers, like defensive scheme, I, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. At cornerback, I have Hayden, Sutton, Pierre and Lane, and Lane's someone that oh, I, don't, I don't know about Lane. You know, I could see him the moving on from him too currently. Shakur Brown. Now, as I say, with Shakur Brown, with Lane, with Pierre, one of these guys could fly to mix. I don't think it's going to be Pierre. And they could add a specific slot corner. Uh, I agree with what Jeffrey Benedict, you know, his assumption of that on uh, Know Your Enemy for this that, that occurred in the last sort of 24 hours to me recording this. But it's also something that's been obvious for a while in terms of you know, the Steelers, I don't really have that slot guy. Mollet's injured. And I actually don't see the value there if we've got some cap space and we can do something. And or, you know, there's certain cuts of guys that are a bit more in that role. I'd kind of be interested to see what that looks like. At free safety, I've got Minka and Trey Norwood. And that's where I think you could have some flexibility uh, as well in terms of being able to, you know, on the cornerback side where you only need five because I think Norwood can play in the cornerback. And, you know, I know that there's an article right now, if you were to search it as I'm recording, about Trey Norwood's the next person to play in the nickel or to be tried there. I think he's got the versatility across the, you know, defensive backs and in the secondary. But I'm listing him here as the backup free safety. At strong safety, I've got Terrell Edmonds and Miles Killebrew. 
And I've got Miles Killebrew because I'm really liking what I'm seeing. He does special teams. And and I think he means that he makes Marcus Allen a bit disposable when it comes to dime and, and I think to a degree nickel defense as well. But this is the thing is that I've kind of got Mark Gilbert here. And he's someone that I could think could fight with Jones and Roche. I think he's someone that could really fight with them both. So that brings me to it. That brings me to it. Not Stefan to it. But to the guys I think that it might make the practice squad or the guys that I have on the my practice squad. And then the and then the, the battles to watch this weekend and then over the next week as they Steelers make their cuts. So under my thing with Mark Allen missing, I do have him on the practice squad as one of those six spots for veterans with the new set. I think it's three minimum accrued years. I've got Matthew Sexton knowing that he may lose out to Ray Ray, but I want him to make it. I want him to make it. I want Ray Ray to be there, but he'll be picked up by someone else if that happens. I've got Rico Bussy on the practice squad, and I'm not going through the full practice squad. Uh, Trey Edmonds is there. I think Chaz Green has the potential. Uh, and as I said, Tyler Simmons and Pete Rero earlier in the earlier in the show. The battles to watch for this week, you know who they're going to be. And I'm calling this the undercard, the fight. The title fight is going to be the Panthers versus the Steelers. But the undercard is looking massive. The undercard's what you got to watch out for. It's Ray Ray versus Sexton. It's Edmonds versus Gentry, potentially, depending on what they're doing in their own reposition. It's Brown, Shaquille Brown versus Mark Gilbert for a spot there at cornerback or, or in some sort of safety role. It's Roche versus Jones. And now right now I've got them both on this squad, but really, you know, if they are going to keep Marcus Allen or depending on if they want to keep an extra defensive back and they are going to keep seven D linemen, they're going to have to cut down on these outside linebacker guys. But I think, you know, Steelers usually do keep nine across the inside and outside linebackers, but it, it could come down to that battle between Roche and Jones. And as much as I like what Jones has done, I want it to be Roche. I want it to be Q from the U. You know, he's. I, I want him to be here to stay. I love what he did in college. I know he's got the developed moves. He just needs time to get that through. And I, I honestly think he is a guy that will burn the Steelers if we let him go. It will be burn us hardcore. Uh, I know that people go, why isn't he showing up yet? And I, I'm not sure that he's had completely the chances that he would like. He also moved schools right in a pandemic year. That's a massive challenge. He's now on to the NFL. That's a lot of change in a very short space of time. And I know challenge brings out the cream and the crop, but still, I think it's really, you know, we've got to, in fairness, he, you know, deserves, I, he, yeah, I think he needs to make the roster, and but he's got to show up this week. He's got to fight for that. He's got to put in a decent performance to make sure he cements his spot. I think you've got Allen versus someone. I say that because Marcus Allen, you know, it depends on what they do at defensive back position. It depends on what they're going to do with Jones and Roche. You know, and I say, I think he can sit on a practice squad. I don't think people are going to poach him. It's Coward versus Hassenhauer. If they don't think Finney is good enough to play center, it's Coward versus, Coward versus Hassenhauer. After the tape last year, no one, no other team wants JC Hassenhauer. Fine, I could stand to be corrected, but I just don't see it. You know, as Jeffrey Bennett, Jeffrey Brennan, he's pointed out, he couldn't have played worse last year, but he has shown up this year. Stash him on the practice squad. Also, the roster I'm seeing right now doesn't really show room for a fourth running back. So who's going to make the practice squad from that perspective? Or who's going to make the practice squad from another position? This is an interesting thing because I think depending on how people play out this game and how they fight for their spot, maybe the Steelers do go into the season with three running backs when you consider, you know, Derek Watt's doing more out of the passing game. They're obviously going to be more pass happy. 
barrage or, or in some degree snell but if you put snell you know on an injured list as well you don't have to make this decision until later in the season and really like harris is going to take the bulk of the snaps anyway and then if he gets injured you put him on he's on an injured reserve list anyway and then you sign someone or you bring someone on the practice squad so i i honestly i wonder here about the need for a fourth running back on this squad Usually I would say you you cut someone off the quarterback position, but when you've got Haskins and Rudolph, you've got trade bait there to a degree. You've got depth if Big Ben goes down and to support this awesome defense. I think they're going into the squad with the three quarterbacks. So the numbers that they have at the offensive line, the numbers that they have at wide receiver, the number of defensive linemen they pick, those are all going to be, and also the cornerback position, are all going to define how this roster rolls through. As I said, Percy Harvin and Boswell, just to recap, are the locks at kicker and punter. So you'll be happy, Mr. Hartman, senior editor. But hey, tell me what you think of my 53. Tweet me at at Matt Pev, M-A-T-T-P-E-V, or email me at aussiesteeler91 at gmail.com, or tell, join Touchdown Under on Sunday to talk about the Panthers game with Marky D and I. And, and you know, I, I think we're going live about 5.36 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Tell me what you think. Tell me what you think of this 53. I'm interested to know. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But with that, that wraps up Steelers Warren for this week. I'm Matt Peveril. Go Steelers. Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.